This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week... We're trained in the basics of getting a location, asking certain questions. After those questions are done, it's on us. We have to go into fight or flight mode. Some of my biggest calls have been 45 minutes in length where I've spent the entire time going, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. We've We've got police on the way. We've got ambulance on the way. To reassure someone in their darkest moments can be very heartbreaking. And our staff are not trained in that. The strength behind the force. We talk to police radio operations about the challenges they face and the benefits of being in the union for the work that they do. A warning for our listeners, the following episode deals with themes in relation to suicide. If you or anyone you know requires assistance or counselling, please call Lifeline on 131114. It's Marianne here and I've hijacked this week's podcast and I have two amazing delegates with me uh, from New South Wales Police and usually people think New South Wales Police is just police officers but we have so many members that work at New South Wales Police and we call them the strength behind the force. So before I go any further, I'd like to introduce Michael and Bree and I'll start with you Bree. Would you like to just tell Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, I work as a communications officer for Radio Operations Group in the New South Wales Police Force. I'm in the Newcastle Centre, so we cover from the Central Coast all the way to the Tweed Heads Queensland border, all along the East Coast. So that is a lot of police, a lot of area that we do cover. Um, We dispatch all jobs that come through via triple zero police stations, the police assistance line, our crime stoppers through to police over the radio. Uh, We also assist our dispatchers by doing all the cops checks those kind of things and we also take triple zero calls about 45 percent of the state's triple zero calls we do at radio as a whole and how about you michael what do you do uh so i'm similar to brie i'm uh, in the role of a senior communications officer uh, currently at the moment i'm working up as a supervisor which sees me a little bit higher up in the role um, dealing more with the admin staffing rostering side of it um, which has presented a, a number of challenges at the moment we are quite short staffed across the state um, so if we've got any budding radio operators out there, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Look, something that you just said, Bree, that was really interesting, and I don't think people realise it's not police officers in your roles. Look, it's, it's a predominantly civilian role, are managed by sergeants. They are all police force. What about other people that aren't on triple zero? So you've got people that work at police stations? In every command, there's a civilian force behind all of it that helps the day-to-day running to make sure the police force is essentially up and running 24-7. So what type of jobs does dispatch do? It's easy and hard to explain. Some people describe it as we just go and tell the police where to go. (laughs) (laughs) But no, essentially we help coordinate um, most operations that do happen on a day-to-day basis. It's any call that comes through triple zero for our area that we cover We read that over the radio. We're in charge of officer safety. We record everything, anything that is said, we type. It's it's a very, very hard job to do. Yeah, we can go from a a simple job to one that just you'll remember for a while, Um, kind of a job that if you didn't love what you do uh, and feel as though you might have uh, just that little bit of an impression on someone throughout their day when they're calling at their worst time. 
will be quite challenging, especially over the last 18 months with COVID and um, bushfires, like you guys were instrumental in taking those calls. Is it Was there something that really stood out to you at that time? So with the bushfires, we were not involved in the call taking. That was Police Link themselves. And, and look, they did an incredible job. Some of the, the calls that came through from Triple Zero were haunting as a dispatcher. The things we had to read over the air and the warnings that we had to give out to our own officers to take shelter because the fire was coming and there was nowhere else for them to go was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, In Newcastle, I think they started in about October, the fires started um, around that Manning-Foster area and it just spread north and it was horrific. The things that our dispatchers heard and read um, will stay with them for the rest of their life. It's something that we all get a little bit triggered about every now and again, but it's it's a job where you don't get noticed for. Yeah. And you don't get the help after it because they don't class you as an instrumental part of the process. You are forgotten. Um, it's taken a while for us to get some recognition for being involved in the bushfires. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a (laughs) tough spot, that one. Um, And then we went into COVID, which threw all our radio operators um, into the unknown, Uh, the sheer amount of jobs that we had coming through, dealing with the short-notice sick leave for people that were in COVID areas, especially in Sydney. Um, Then we got thrown into the triple zero queue. Yeah. Uh, to assist Police Link with their insane amount of jobs that they had coming through via all of their lines. Um, so that has been a very big part because a lot of our staff have not been trained in triple zero calls in about 25 years. Oh, wow, so that's they crazy, essentially had to just hit the ground running. We got told the day before at midday that it was going to happen at midday the next day and at 7am the calls came in. So there was just not enough warning for staff to even try and read over the standard operating procedures to work out essentially how to get their job done. Yeah, yeah. And how about you, Michael? How I mean, you, you're in Sydney, so you would have probably had even bigger challenges. Yeah, the bushfires obviously weren't as big a challenge for us. Um, obviously, being an urban area, we're less affected by the bush. Um, we in Sydney deal with it in a slightly different way. So we have a, another centre within ours uh, called the Public Inquiry and Information Centre, uh, which is set up in the times of natural disaster. So obviously in the last uh, 12 months, we've had obviously the floods and the fires. Uh, so basically Sydney runs that centre until such time as we can get a team of volunteers from Red Cross, etc., come in and start manning the phones in there. Uh, so that was just an ad- added challenge to taking phone calls out on the floor to assist Newcastle and Tamworth Oak Flats during their fire periods. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a different experience, um, but I think... It's, it's still definitely needed and it's a different skill set that we have in Sydney. But, yeah, still very valued. They're just some of the challenges because they were big, right? So we had a pandemic, we had fires, we've had drought. If the pandemic hadn't happened, what, w- what would you say were the challenges? Um, for one, we wouldn't be taking triple zero calls yet. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, it's been the mental health that's come out of the pandemic, I think, maybe – our staff would have been a little bit more okay 
had the pandemic not occurred and they hadn't have been thrown into the triple zero calls after being so raw after the fires. Um, to hear someone take their own life is a very different experience and then having to read those details out, even as a dispatcher, having to read those details out sometimes just sticks with you um, over... COVID, domestics, mental health, it just increased so much. The The general population's mental health just went completely downwards. And unfortunately, it was us that seemed to cop those calls because when people don't know what else to do, they call triple zero. I'm going to let go down the union way now um one thing that the psa in particular are really big and strong on is mental health we're trying to come up with some really good packages and plans for our membership and i mean some of i think justice have in particular in corrective services they have a bit better um mental health plans and we're trying to do that throughout the whole public service so i guess how long have you both been members of the union? Uh, I have been a member for the union, I think, for about two years now, was which one, when I joined as a delegate. Um, we hadn't had a delegate for about 18 months, so Newcastle went very under the radar for a while. Um, so can I ask why you joined? To become the delegate. That's why you joined. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things were just going very downwards in our centre and we had no one representing us. And I, I sat there one day and it was a shift that everyone was just losing their minds over something that had happened. And I just said, you know what? Nothing's going to change if someone doesn't step up and no one here is going to step up. So I might as well do it rather than sitting back here and complaining. So I love that you... you Join the union to become a delegate. You weren't a yes. member before you. I literally a sent the email to Roland to say I just joined the union, <laughs> so now I'd like to be your delegate. <laughs> oh, that's great because everyone's story is different, and I'm sure the Michael, your story is different. And when did you join, and why did you join? Uh, so I joined my current role uh, about 13 years ago, coming up in this October. Um, I've been a member of the union for about five years, and the delegate for Sydney for three. Um, the, the biggest thing that I found um, was just the support that you get from the union. Um, our workplace, we're pretty much seen as, well, probably not seen at all. That's our problem is that we're the invisible people working behind the scenes. Um, and obviously the new campaign coming up, um, it's going to feature us and a lot of other units within the police force. The strength behind the force will be excellent. Uh, but just having that backup, knowing that, you know, if... I make a wrong decision or a decision that has a consequence um, that I've just got that support behind me that, you know, I know it's, it's not the end um, of my career, so to speak. Like they'll, they'll go into bat for me. They'll back me up. They'll have a look at my decisions. Uh, and obviously if I made the right decision and it's found that way, um, it's obviously great. So I guess, is there a time that you can talk about that the union helped someone or yourself in the workplace? Triple zero calls when you are on the end of the, the phone to someone and you tell them to do something, that's on you. The union was able to back a member of ours that 
made a simple mistake and it was due to the lack of training that we've had in speaking to people in mental distress but the union backed them 100% and the outcome of that was the most incredible outcome I think I've ever heard. They um, received the full support and they received no nothing on their records. And that's hard, isn't it? When you think that you're talking to someone on the phone, you don't know who they are, you can't see them, you don't know their history. So how do you deal with that? That's a pretty tough one. In the back of my head, I think all of us have coroners caught floating just <laughs> round and round in circles going, oh, can you say that? Can you do this? There's so many standard operating procedures that we have to abide by for our calls and even with our radio. Um, any wrong move from us, we all know that we're responsible. We we just have to take that on and that's we're why... We're invisible uh, until it becomes public. Correct. Yeah. We're invisible till yeah, the public notices something has happened and then we are the scapegoat. On a personal matter, uh, I had to call the ambulance for my dad just recently and the ambos were so great, but the people over the phone were amazing. Mm. So went now I don't know where that went, um, who got the call, but they made it so much easier on me because I wasn't at home and then I called and it was just all over the place but they just made it so much easier for me and I always think of Brie in particular because we've gotten to know each other a bit over the last uh, 12 months or so and I was just like that could have been Brie and she was fantastic like I really appreciated um, the way the woman spoke to me over the phone and I thought it was awesome. And I just think that people out there have to understand that there are humans on the other side of the phone and um, you're here to do your job and part of your job is supporting the New South Wales community at their most vulnerable time. That's right. And I think it would be good for everyone to know too that our staff are not trained to do that. We're trained in the basics of getting a location, asking certain questions, after those questions are done, it's on us. We have to go into fight or flight mode. Some of it, my biggest calls have been 45 minutes in length where I've spent the entire time going, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. We've got, we've got police on the way. We've got ambulance on the way. No, stay where you are. Don't move. It, it's just to reassure someone in their darkest moments can be I guess a very heartwarming thing, but it can also be a very, very heartbreaking thing too. Oh, absolutely. And our staff are not trained in that. You're pretty silly at the moment if you are not a member of the union doing what we're currently doing in our job role with all of our workload and the, I guess, the amount of pressure and responsibility that we have over other people's lives, police officers' lives, that you are not a member of the union. You're doing a very silly thing because you need that backing yeah, and I guess, well, my last question was going to be, Michael, when's a good time to join the union? I absolutely believe that uh, everybody should be a member of the union as soon as they can. Um, I'd like to just personally shout out to all the frontline workers and not just the ones that are glorified, the, no the nurses, the police, the teachers, um, without cleaners, the hospitals aren't clean, without garbage persons, your garbages aren't collected. These are the people that have kind of been forgotten as well. They put their life on the line in their own unique way every day, but just by turning up to work and doing the job that they get paid to do. 
Call the PSA CPSU New South Wales today on 1300 772 679. That's 1300 772 679. This is a weekly podcast and you can subscribe to the PSA CPSU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Minns. Thanks again and you'll hear from us next week. Thank you.